Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. How's your behavior at work? Are you just like everyone else? Or can people tell that there's something different about you? In today's episode, we're going to talk about the Christian's behavior at work, which is you, if you're listening to this. And thank you for listening. This is episode 103 on the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast. And I have been studying scripture about how to be a Christian in our secular world, which is getting increasingly and increasingly and even more increasingly hostile toward Christians. But you know what? God's bigger than that. And God still wants you to be his representative. He still wants you to stand out like light in a dark room. He doesn't want you to blend with everyone else. He wants you to stand out a little bit and to be holy. Holy means just a little bit different, or maybe a lot different. (laughs) Holy means separate, separated out from the norm or what everybody else is like. And we can do that in our job. That's why he has given us work and given us jobs in the secular workforce, because we are to stand out and be his representative there. Are you? Do folks notice that you're a little bit different? Would they actually say that you're one of those Bible-believing Christians? And it's okay for them to say that, isn't it? Even if they're saying it in a snide or snarky way, that's okay. That means you're probably doing things right, and Jesus is proud of that. Because God's Word says in 1 Peter 4, 7, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. So hold it right there. Are you praying that you will be different? That folks will notice that you're a Christian? It says, and above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover over a multitude of sins. Do folks kind of sense that you love them like a brother? It says also, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Hmm, there's a tough one sometimes, especially when they're snarky towards you. It says to be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And that right there is the gist of why you work and why you as a Christian are working in a secular workforce out in the, out in the world. You are to be a good steward of the manifold grace of God. You are to actually be a manifold. What's a manifold? Well, if you know anything about automotive work, you know what a manifold is. It takes one part and distributes it to others, to other places. It takes one thing and distributes it. You're to take the singular grace of God, you know, what Jesus did for you on the cross, and that love that Christ showed for you graciously by that wonderful gift of eternal life, and distribute that through the different parts of your life throughout your job and throughout your home, throughout your hobbies, throughout your conversations. Distribute that grace throughout those places. The wonderful 
chapter of Romans 12 is something I want to delve into. It's how to behave as a Christian. And yes, it applies to your job. We're going to pull out what those things are and talk about it on this podcast and maybe the next several. Okay, I want to start with Romans 12 verse 9. It says, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Okay, now how do we do that at work? Well, our love is supposed to be what defines us as separate from others. We show the love of Christ. Okay, we're to love God and to love others. That's someone asked Jesus, what's the most important command? And that's what he said. Love God's number one, and number two is close to it. Love others like you love yourself. And yes, that includes your coworkers, your boss, <laughs> those pesky customers that are so annoying, or that customer that didn't tip you at all or made up something about how bad this or that was. And, uh, well, whatever. You're supposed to show them love anyway, without hypocrisy. The word hypocrisy is interesting. That means sincere. Make sure that your love for them is sincere. And that should come from way down deep in you. That's where the Holy Spirit resides, right? Way down in your innermost parts when you became a Christian. If you don't know much about that, that's called the sanctification process. Go back a couple of podcast episodes and listen to that. The Holy Spirit is in you, making you be more and more like Jesus, taking on his character traits. And Jesus loved people, especially those who didn't love him <laughs> or who were a little bit less than like him, who were the rough crowd. He spent a lot of time with them. He even ate dinner with them. So if the religious people got all mad at him, saying, oh, look at him. He eats with sinners. <laughs> Jesus said, yep, that's because they need they need the gospel. The word hypocrisy also means without wax. And that's an interesting term because when you were buying pottery, like you needed to buy a clay pot, you would hold it up to the sun and make sure that it didn't have any cracks in it. Because sometimes the potter would have a crack in one of his pots and he would fill it with wax and polish it up real good so that it would still hold water, but the wax would seal the crack, and eventually that would deteriorate, and folks would know that that wasn't genuine. It wasn't 100%. So this passage in Romans says, Let your love be without wax. Have no cracks in it. No fakeness to it. How do you do that at work? Well, let's jump to verse 10. We'll come back and finish verse 9, but verse 10 says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Now, that means like a family. You know, love others kind of like a family. Not like you love your wife or your, or your husband or your girlfriend, but have affection towards others kind of like you would for a close family member. And it even goes next to tell you how. In honor, giving preference to one another. Preference. As in, maybe they should get the promotion instead of you. Maybe try and help them out to make them look good 
to the boss. Maybe help them do better at their job. Giving preference to one another. Interesting, huh? That would be a good way of showing love to someone else. Relatives take care of each other, too. If you need some help moving something, you call a relative. If you need some help working on a car, you call a relative to come help. Be that person to your coworkers where they come to you because they know that you'll help them. Remember, you're not looking out for yourself as number one. You look out for others as number one. That's how Christians are a bit different than the rest of the world now, isn't it? <laughs> Other people in the world aren't like any of that. That's how you can shine like a light in a dark room, and folks will notice. And don't you dare worry about losing a promotion and not getting a raise, because God will take care of you. He will meet your needs, and He will right the wrongs, and He will take care of you. So don't worry about that. You prove God's love through you to others, and God will prove His love to you. And it may mean more ways than just money. It may mean keeping you out of a really difficult job or, or, or a service call that you probably can't handle or you would get into some dangerous spots or it would be real dangerous. And somehow God has taken you away from that or kept that from being your assignment. I can tell you many times that's happened to me, especially when I was working in the oil fields. So let's get back to that verse 10. It says, Being kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Not lagging in diligence. That means do it anyway, even if you might not get the recognition. Just be diligent in serving God and loving others and giving honor and preference to one another. Fervent in spirit. Fervent means with, with all excitement and fervor. You know, like, like the Olympics. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they have lots of fervor. Fervent in spirit. They have the spirit of, we're going to do this and we're going to win the gold. Yeah, kind of like that at work. Serving the Lord. Remember, when you serve the Lord, the Lord rewards you. And it may be more than money. It may be something that isn't even money-related. But He will reward you in one way or another. And it may not even happen on this side of heaven. Maybe when you get to heaven, Jesus will remind you of some things where He said, you know, I asked you to do something and you did, and I'm going to repay you now. And that's why it says in the very next verse, rejoicing in hope. Your hope is that Jesus will be proud of you, and you are serving him, and he will take care of you. And that is more than the hope that the world has. That's a hope that is, we know it's going to happen, it just hasn't happened yet. That kind of a hope. Hoping that Jesus will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Here's another thing that helps you at work doing all of this. The next Part of that verse, it says, be patient in tribulation. So even if it's troublesome for you to do that, like you may be ridiculed, or folks will say, you're just doing that because your God wants you to, or you're one of those Christian types. 
Well, be patient through that. You serve Christ, not them. So what does it matter what they think, right? It matters what God thinks. And then it says next, continually, continually, (laughs) continuing steadfastly in prayer. You know, like, oh, Lord, please help me through this. I think I know what I'm supposed to do. I think I know what you want me to do. Please help me through it. (laughs) Yeah, you can pray right in your mind just before you help your coworker or show someone brotherly kindness and love. And that puts your focus back on Christ now, doesn't it? Gives you the reason for doing that. Now, let's go back to verse 9. There's two more things there that are really helpful at work. Verse 9 again said, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Now, there's a way of standing out, of being like a light in a dark room, a way of being holy, being a bit different than others, is by abhorring what is evil. Not laughing at the jokes that are rather foul, okay? Not joining in on the discussions about cutting someone else down or berating someone else or anything that is evil that they're celebrating. You know, our world today seems to be flipping. We celebrate what is evil and we hate what is good. By we, I mean the world, not you and me. (laughs) We're to stick with the way things are supposed to be. Not that mixed up way, but stick with the way things are supposed to be. We're to hate what is evil, abhor what is evil, and voice that and say, now hold on a minute. Lying is still lying and lying is wrong. So if that guy is lying, that is still wrong. It doesn't matter what the end result is, it's wrong. Or stealing, or you you fill in the blank. I'm sure you know a lot of things of what I'm talking about. That is still wrong, and I abhor that. And then cling to what is good, and say what good things are good. There are still lots of good in the world, lots of good people, lots of good things that people are doing to help each other or to love one another. Cling to those. That word cling is the same or very similar word to cleave. You know, we're to leave our mother and father and cleave to our spouse, cling to our spouse. And that gives the idea of if you're in a boat and you're wanting to transfer to another boat, You kind of hop over to the other boat, but what you do is you shoot for that mast, that mast in the other boat. That's what you're aiming for because the boat rocks when you're jumping from one to the other. So you cling to the mast on the boat that you're going to because it's going to be all rocking and and hard to stay up. (laughs) So you cling to that mast until things settle down. So cling to that mast of what is good. Okay, even though there's lots of boat rocking going on around you, you cling to what is good. And you know what's good. Look for things that are good. When somebody does a good job, 
cling to that. Because somebody else may say, oh, they're just brown nosing. Or they're just trying to do that to get more tip or to get good marks or good grades. Well, yeah, but that's good. They did a good job. And they might need to get rewarded for that, right? That's good. Doing something good and getting rewarded is good. So abhor what is evil and cling to what is good so that folks know where you stand. Us Christians should be known more for what we stand for than for what we're against, that we stand against. Good things. Celebrate the good things. There's too much bad in the world, and folks celebrate that, or it's all over the news. Good things are rare, or at least rarely mentioned or brought up, or pointed out, or celebrated. Do all of those with good things. And you will be acting like Christ wants you to act, and a good representative of Him at work. So remember, your primary responsibility at work is to enhance Christ's kingdom. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So is your focus at work serving Jesus? I hope so. And maybe here's a few things in this podcast episode that will help you to serve Christ. And in our next episode, we're going to have some more. So join me then. Thanks, folks. See you later. Later.